listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 26, our first episode of the new year. It's February 18th, 2019, when we're recording. Uh, I'm your host, Evan Stone, uh, here to chat about news and topics for iOS developers. And uh, so in this episode, uh, first of all, the obvious thing is that we're back. Uh, I'm back on the show. Uh, some of the hiatus that we had was planned. Uh, some of it was not. But in this episode, we've got a little bit of follow-up, a little bit of news, and some uh, tips and recommendations for you. And so uh, let's get started. Uh, first of all, it's great to be back. Um, I uh, just had a little bit of follow-up. Uh, last episode, we talked a little bit about using Pomodoros and uh, code reviews and that kind of thing. But on the topic of the, the Pomodoros, uh, just as a little follow-up, I went ahead and upgraded. Uh, I was using the free version when I recorded last, but uh, I did upgrade to the Be Focused Pro. And I, I have to say, I do like the fact that it uh, doesn't have the ads and uh, nag screens and that kind of thing. And plus, it felt good to be supporting an independent developer. So uh, hopefully... Um, if you find it worthwhile, you could support them too. Uh, again, I'm not being sponsored by them or anything. So, uh, But uh, anyway, it's always nice to be able to support and uh, help out uh, our uh, fellow developers in the community. So be focused pro. Hope you like it. Uh, let's see, getting into some news and current events. Uh, first of all, the obvious thing is that I'm back recording um, iOS dev break. And, uh, this was something that was, um, some of it was planned. Some of it wasn't, uh, the part that was unplanned was that I ended up sick for about, uh, two months or so straight. Uh, it was just one cold flu kind of thing after another. And, uh, boy, that was rough. Every time I even thought about trying to reboot the show. I just wasn't feeling up to it. So finally, uh, the cold kind of went away. I still have a little bit of a stuffy nose, but uh, <laughs> that's probably too much information for you. So uh, I'll stop with that. But anyway, suffice it to say I'm back. And uh, the other thing was that it was a little bit planned. Um, the, the last stretch of shows that I did for October was uh, a little brutal and um, kind of hard to keep up with, mostly because I was trying to keep up the schedule that we had set up with the uh, the sponsor, and so, um, so that so I, I decided to kind of just take it a little bit easier now, and I'll be doing shows when I feel like I am able to do them. I have a very very busy schedule, uh, especially with my day job, uh, also trying to get a uh, another app business off the ground. Um, on the side. And uh, also I have some other things that I'm doing. And of course, you know, family obligations and so forth. So um, so there's a lot going on. I love doing the show. And so that's why I wanted to come back and do it was because I just felt like I couldn't stay away. I had been listening to some other shows recently, one of which I'll mention later, uh, that kind of inspired me to really want to get back into it and to get back uh, on uh, on the show, get behind the microphone again, start chatting uh, about some some things, and um, we, I'm thinking I might take the show in a l slightly a little bit different direction, or at least uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how things go. But uh, 
At any rate, the other thing that I wanted to mention is there's no sponsor for this show, and uh, I probably won't even pursue any sponsorships uh, in the future. I'll leave the Patreon up in case you would like to help support. I do want to thank... Uh, there's a, a handful of folks who are uh, supporting the show. I also felt an obligation to them, too, to get back and start recording. So uh, I just want to thank them very much um, because really, it you know, it's uh, every little thing helps. So um, uh, otherwise, uh, I won't mention it too much. I'll, I might just mention that it's up uh, up there. But uh, um, the, the real thing that I'm focusing on is my uh, app development uh, and of course, my the the job that I have right now, where I'm working as a subcontractor. And uh, beyond that, the only thing is that you know maybe I'll mention uh, I'm going to be updating uh, everybody about my app project that uh, is coming. I I'm not ready to get into too much detail yet, um, but as time goes by, I'll be talking about it more uh, because it's really been taking up a lot of my time and brain cycles. Uh, in a good way, and uh, I'm finding it's uh, really um, been a, been a great uh, project to work on, and it's been uh, interfacing me with a lot of other developers, uh, and I've been learning a lot, and I've been able to collaborate and uh, or at least be able to uh, really think about how to build an app business, and so that's that's we're going to talk about that on iOS Dev Break in the future, also based on my experiences. Um, the second bit of news, so that was the first thing. The first news is that we're back. Great. Hooray. Uh, the second thing is that uh, something that I just heard about uh, a few days ago, and I'm very excited about it. Um, it was actually uh, Guy Rambo who mentioned this, uh, sort of an offhand comment in a tweet. Um, I think it was about a week ago or so. Uh, and he made reference to how uh, possibly at WWDC they might be uh, releasing this year a um, cloud kit and core data syncing kind of technology mix. So that's something that I'm really interested in. Uh, and actually, for me, it comes at a perfect time. I mentioned I'm working on an app project right now. Uh, I'm in the stage now where I'm kind of making all those those decisions about the architecture, about uh, what needs to be in the back end? What needs to be under the hood in the app itself? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. But this particular thing that Rambo mentioned uh, is interesting. And hopefully this will be a better alternative to the the iCloud core data sync that happened in, I guess it was 2014, I want to say. Uh, I don't know, somewhere in that ballpark. And that was an absolute train wreck. It was just terrible. Um, but so it sounds like maybe they've got some of this uh, figured out. And uh, boy, that would be really exciting. And it's perfect timing for me uh, because I would really like to have Core Data as a persistence system on the app itself and have it be able to sync automatically with CloudKit. Um, that would be really awesome. So, um, so we'll see how it goes. Maybe they've simplified uh, the way th this all works. I don't know. I guess we it remains to be seen, and we'll find out in in June. Uh, but for the in the meantime, uh, I've had some decisions to make, and I've been getting this project, getting a business off the ground, um, needing a, a cloud persistence system. Um, I, I I was trying to decide uh, amongst several different uh, different technologies, different stacks. 
And then I kind of thought, well, this one actually uh, fits CloudKit pretty well. In fact, I, I agonized it about it uh, quite a bit and flip-flop back and forth between various technologies, uh, at least in my uh, you know whiteboard sessions that I was doing. And uh, so I, I settled on CloudKit. I think that's that's a really good fit. And then, uh, then I was also faced with persistence locally. I mean, so you have that these, these choices, and none of them are necessarily right or wrong. There's no one right way to do it. Uh, a lot of it has to do with your history, what you're comfortable with doing. Um, you could use plists, you could use JSON, you could use Core Data, you could use SQLite, you could use Realm. There's so many other kinds of uh, different ways that you can do your your persistence locally. And so uh, with this possibility of using core data and having it automatically sync, and if they've done it in a simple way, because that's one of the things that uh, core data is kind of notorious with, is that it's a little bit uh, difficult, unwieldy, there's threading issues and uh, or just you know, complications. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing if, if maybe, maybe they'll be able to bring back core data in a positive way. And so that's, it's kind of interesting to think about. In the meantime, I'll probably go with something a little more straightforward, a little simpler, maybe something with JSON um, and uh, some local caching, and then using CloudKit as the, the main storage, uh, uh, the main cloud storage. Uh, but keep it simple locally. Uh, so if you have any comments on that or any thoughts about that, please uh, just go ahead and send a message to me on Twitter uh, to iOS DevBreak. Uh, or uh, or you could also do it to uh, Evan K. Stone, one of the two. Um, I'd love to hear your suggestions or recommendations on that. Uh, so that's about, that's it for news. Um, there was uh, one thing that I wanted to mention that was a, a sort of a, a interesting developer tool that came up. Uh, one of the big problems, and I've mentioned this before on the show in the past, and this was back in, in Xcode 9, Um is that playgrounds are just a mess and they have been broken for so long. It would be laughable if it wasn't so sad and so serious. Uh, I I think if I was a developer or the, the product manager on the Xcode team, uh, I would be pretty ashamed of the fact that uh, playgrounds just don't work. Uh, you get the... the uh, uh, error messages that another process has has overwritten it, uh, and uh, then and it just crashes. I've had several instances, several times where I'm just trying out some some simple code, uh, and this is perfect for what a playground should be. You just launch a playground, put some code in there, run it, test it, see if it if it works, makes sense. Um, but when that fundamental tool uh, which is a you know a major learning component of Xcode doesn't work, then that's that's pretty bad news. But the good news is that uh, today this happened. Um, I was uh, experimenting with a playground, and of course it uh, it crashed, and uh, so I just kind of thought that's it. Uh, I I want to see if there's an uh, a an online Swift playground solution. There uh, used to be through uh, IBM, and there may be some others uh, that are floating around, um, but uh, I was happy to learn about one in particular, and that was, it's called Online Swift Playground, and uh, we'll put the um, the URL in the link into the show notes, uh, but basically it's online.swiftplayground.run, 
And so you go to there, uh, that link, and you'll you'll find basically what amounts to a very simple playground that you just put code in and run. And uh, so it's similar to what IBM did online uh, before, uh, but this is it's nice, simple, straightforward, exactly what I needed. And so from now on, that's what I'm going to use. I'm not going to bother with with uh, Xcode because uh, the other day, uh, I think this was two days ago. Uh, no, it was last week. Uh, I did the same kind of thing. I launched a playground just to test out a, a very small block of code, uh, put it in there, started playing with it, and then boom, it crashed. And not only did it crash the playground, it took down all of Xcode, and I had a very important project running in the, uh, not running in the background, but it was open in the background. Thankfully, it was fine. But, um, you know, if I had unsafe work or something and it just kind of crashed, then that would have been bad news. Uh, thankfully, that didn't happen. But it made me really, it gave me pause uh, about playgrounds. So I'm going to avoid Xcode play, playgrounds from here on out. And I'll just be using this tool, uh, online.swiftplayground.run, because it's a, a really great tool. Uh, great tool. The nice thing about it is you can just paste your code into it and it just works. Uh, so getting into the, uh, the so this will be just kind of the last section. We don't want to go too long. We like to keep the show nice and short. Um, but the last thing I wanted to mention was a recommendation for another podcast. Uh, I uh, honestly, as far as podcasts are concerned, I don't feel like there's any like competition um, between, I guess, some folks might feel that there is, um, but uh, all I know is it seems like people's appetite for podcasts is uh, endless, so there's room for everyone. And uh, so that's that's why I, I uh, kind of lean this towards uh, various topics in the iOS um, spectrum, not just Swift, um, but also some business topics and, and uh, productivity and so forth. Um, but the one thing I wanted to mention was that there is this great podcast. It is just awesome. Um, and I, it's called Independence. And you can find the the website for their podcast is independence.fm. And uh, it's made up of uh, Alishel from uh, Gus on the Go, the language uh, tutor software for kids. Uh, Gus the Owl is their uh, sort of mascot. Um, and then also uh, Curtis Herbert from Slopes and also uh, Daniel Farrelly from uh, also known as Jelly, who is the creator of Gift Wrapped. And so those three uh, are on the show. And honestly, I found out because of their interview that they had with the creators of Capsicum, uh, Heidi Helen Pilipas and uh, Ish Shabazz. That was episode 45 of Independence. And I, I have to say, if you listen to any episode, you have to listen to that one um, because it's great for definitely check it out. If you are developing your own apps and you're trying to get an app business off the ground, it's uh, the show is inspiring and uh, helpful. And so uh, I, I really found it uh, to be a great resource. And then from that point on, I was hooked on the show. And so it's and now I'm trying to listen to all of them going back to the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing podcast for anyone developing apps as a business. And uh, every topic that they talk about so far has been important in some way or another. And um, usually there are there's there's great suggestions that they give. They talk about the way that they've handled various uh, aspects of 
keeping a business going. They also talk about uh, sort of the independent developer life style and um, how to maintain that and how to balance it maybe with doing freelance work, consulting, that kind of thing. I mean, for me, this is exactly the kind of thing that I'm doing right now. I'm trying to launch an app business, also doing consulting. And so it's this is um, it's a super excellent, super helpful resource. And I encourage uh, everyone to go out and start listening to independence.fm uh, and you know buy their their apps and support them in uh, in the, any way you can. So uh, go check it out. It's a great podcast, Independence Podcast. And again, that uh, URL is independence.fm, and I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, so that is about it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and uh, really appreciate uh, all your support and your listenership. And uh, I'll uh, catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iosdevbreak, and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side. iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. 